today, Martin will have lots of editing to do. Well, that's his job. <laughs> I know today I had some issues with with Skype when I, you know earlier also when I was doing some conference calls. I, I don't know if it's the the connection here or what's what's happening. But bad weather. Bad weather. Yeah, it could be misaligned planets on the on the sky. <laughs> and today I'm moving back to my home. Oh yeah. I'm still recording from my mobile home office. Yeah, mobile home office. <laughs> I'm in my car because uh, the internet connection isn't hooked up yet to my my home office, and I didn't have time to do it before our show. I didn't want to, you know, break anything and just keep you waiting. Uh, so I'll do it uh, later. But uh, yeah, tonight we are sleeping back in our home. <laughs> and I remember on one of the conferences, somebody said it was the GTD Summit in 2009. Uh, one of somebody said that uh, weekly review should be done at least once a month. So, <laughs> so I think I think it's a very very wise quote. <laughs> Have I mentioned on on the previous show about like in my uh, space corner about Falcon 9's return to flight? You just mentioned that it's coming. Okay, so now I think we know the date. Um, it's coming. December 19th, so in just eight days. Uh, yeah. Unless there's some problem like weather. Uh, weather is often a problem in, with rocket launches because it's Florida, right? And and when you have bad weather, then you better not launch because like it's it's not worth risking you know hundreds of millions of dollars in satellites. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, if if nothing of that sort goes wrong, then uh, we have s- scheduled um, static. Uh, test on 16th and on 19th there should be the launch. Uh, there's a few more days uh, in case that that doesn't work out on on that day, but hopefully it will because if it won't, then there's the um, holidays, the winter holidays, yeah. and um, the uh, the Eastern Range doesn't work on holidays, so SpaceX can can't really launch during Christmas, right? Yeah, definitely. Still, um, not only do we have probably return to flight of the slightly upgraded Falcon 9 rocket, there's also going to be a landing attempt, as always. But this time, unless um, something goes goes wrong, uh, I think they're still waiting for for someone's approval. But they want to do their first test of return to launch site, that is landing on land. Wow. Yeah, which would be pretty amazing because like that that just never happened, right? Not not like that. Yeah, cuz uh the Jeff Bezos thing was wasn't really a space rocket. It was just going to space and then back, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't I mean, it, it was tiny compared to Falcon 9. It 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 reached orbit, but it wasn't an orbital flight. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry, it reached space, but it was it wasn't an orbital flight. Okay. So, um, to everyone listening, 19th of December is the date when uh, Falcon 9 uh, flies, launches, you know, boosts up in the air. And yours truly, Michael Slewinski, will also embark on a flight with Ryanair to his family home <laughs> for Christmas. On the same day. <laughs> yes. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Coming home for Christmas. So... Today I'm coming home for Christmas to live in my home 
for a week and then after the after this i'm going you know to my hometown to visit my parents and, and the christmas stuff cool okay um follow-up mm-hmm. uh the last episode and the episode before that we talked about uh ergonomy and i have a bunch of things that i wanted to mention but didn't have time for so we talked about standing desks and working standing so i have a problem uh with that and i briefly mentioned that i don't find myself working standing very often because i don't have a an adjustable desk so when i do i just take my laptop unplug it from everything and and put it on a stand but the second problem i i have which makes me not do it is that because it's not an adjustable desk i don't have my keyboard and I don't have my big screen. So when I use my laptop standing, <laughs> it is quite unergonomic and quite un- unhealthy because You're right. like, first of all, I'm, I'm typing on, a, on an inferior keyboard uh, from er- er- ergonomic standpoint, but also my neck is just pointing down towards the screen and that's just far from ideal. So uh, the way I would say it is, um, it's probably like worth trying. I would recommend to everyone to try um, to work standing. Pretty much everyone now owns a laptop, so that's not really big of a problem. Uh, and just give it a try. But if if someone likes it and wants to to do it, um, you know, more than just occasionally, then you should probably get an adjustable adjustable desk. Everybody wants to be like Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so just follow my, my footsteps get to Ikea buy the adjustable desk it's so cool and then, then the, your whole environment which is you know, perfectly tailored for you lift up yeah the only thing you have to adjust then is the monitor because the monitor that you have to just adjust it a little bit differently because you, you I mean you look at it a bit differently sure um, so definitely follow Michael uh, with that not necessarily with uh, using an iPad instead of a real com- computer. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> aside from the reasons we mentioned before, uh, I also um, have concerns about how ergonomic it is to work on an iPad when you don't just do it sometimes, don't just like use an iPad on, on a couch or something, but actually try to work with an iPad on a desk. Like we don't know really because no one did it for for like extended period of time like for years um so it's sort of hard to say but it seems like it could be a problem because you're just looking down all the time and it, it, like your neck will, will never be in a very comfortable position well i see what you did there but uh, yes. the, the thing is that uh, actually my ipad pro which i'm using right now um uh, i mean not right now when we're recording this but uh, which i'm which is my main computer right now at this time my iPad Pro is actually, um, so I have the whole thing about the iPad Pro on-screen keyboard, which is really bad. Mm. Uh, Apple designed iPad Pro keyboard uh, in a way, like somebody designed iPad, iPad, iPad uh, keyboard on-screen without actually, you know, using it. <laughs> they just, you know, thought what would make sense in, you know, looking at normal keyboards and that's it they, they really they, they made lots of mistakes there so actually ipad pro is the best usable with an external keyboard so um i'm planning to i mean i will you know let you know in a few weeks um 
but I'm planning to actually mount my Apple uh, iPad Pro a little bit higher so I can have it more, more ergonomically mm. so I can still use it, you know. Um, and I'm actually going to mount it, you know, uh, horizontally so I can use two apps at a time, you know, this kind of uh, thing. Yes. And then I would use an external keyboard with that, you know, a Bluetooth keyboard. So um, in this way, uh, I uh, it might actually be pretty fun. We'll see. Uh, because really using the iPad with, a, with, a, with an on-screen keyboard is, is really bad because first the keyboard layout is really bad. The keyboard layout in, in vertical is just totally bad. They, they just shrunk the keyboard and it's totally unusable. So they have this new amazing quick edit thing that you can you know, edit very easily with two fingers and something. So when you type fast, as I do on the iPad Pro, you accidentally uh, delete your own stuff, what you write. So it's not really uh, nice. I mean, you know, after several times I, I deleted stuff I was writing. I got frustrated, frustrated with that. So now I almost exclusively use iPad uh, with an external keyboard, which is sad because iPad actually with an on-script keyboard, I mean the iPad Air, uh, was usable until iOS 9 came around. So, um, you know, the improvements and the gestures on the keyboard are, are in a way... Of, of of quick type quickly typing on the on the on screen keyboard. Maybe Apple just didn't assume that somebody would type fast uh, and would touch type actually on the on the on screen keyboard. But some people do. I do, and um, there is no way to switch it off to switch off these you know quick edit uh, additional you know settings. So uh, yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm you know I'm gonna install my iPad Pro now in my home office uh, next to my iMac and we'll see how this thing goes. Yeah, I can totally see what you mean. This just happened to me today, uh, but I use my iPad and type on my iPad far less than, than you do. And also because it's an iPad mini, uh, I don't type that fast on it because I can't comfortably rest like both of my wrists next to each other. Uh, I sort of, you know, I, I type holding my hand sort of slightly in the air and just using uh, a few of my fingers to do it. So it's not very fast and perhaps I... I don't trigger this bug as often, but I, I see what you mean. And, you know, as for ergonomics, it's, it's certainly, you know, if you're going to want to be really practical with an iPad, you'll want a external keyboard anyway. Uh, it's, it sounds like an interesting idea to, to, to try to have an iPad above the desk, but that's still like never going to be as good as, as looking straight ahead on a, on, a, on a big screen because you still, it's an iPad. So you still need to be able to reach it comfortably w with your fingers to, you know, to, to tap and swipe things. Touch the screen. Touch the screen. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, next up, um, pen tablets. I know of some people, and one of them, you know, internet people that I definitely mentioned many times before on the show, CGP Grey, uh, he uses most of the time he uses his his mac uh no not with a mouse no with a trackpad but with a pen tablet and and that's sort of an interesting concept because pen tablets are are most commonly used for graphics right for for drawing on the computer our designer hubert uses actually a pen tablet yeah uh but he as far as i know he only uses it for drawing and just uses a trackpad for, for pointing. But there's many people who, who just use a pen tablet as a pointing device. And the interesting thing about it, or rather, it's an interesting concept from ergonomic standpoint, because the way you use a pen tablet is, is quite different from the way you hold a mouse or you would sort of have 
like all of your your fingers curl up and just use one finger to to point stuff on on the trackpad. So the the way you hold a pen and just slide your your whole whole wrist whole um, hand above the pen tablet is is probably um, more ergonomic and less likely to to trigger RSI than than uh, than mice and trackpads are. And also another interesting concept uh, also. I heard CGP Gray use is is to have multiple input devices in rotation, so that you use a pen tablet some of the time, and then you switch to a mouse, and then you switch to a trackpad. And I, I don't do that. I don't have a pen tablet, though I plan on getting one just to sort of see how how that feels. Um, but that's that's really. Interesting for people who already have problems with issues with RSI because this way you can relieve some of the the pressure on on your hand because you you change input by by changing input devices you change which muscles and tendons you you stress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just just wanted to uh, point that out. Yeah, I've never used the pen tablet, uh, so. Um... I'm also, I'm also wondering how this works, but I remember. I mean, did you get the the natural? I mean, the the, the Microsoft uh, Sculpt keyboard with a mouse. I did, because I, I I actually recommended this to to a friend of mine, and he actually prefers. I mean, he really likes the mouse. That he says that the mouse is actually you hold it like on the side, like from the side. That it's it's actually yeah. pretty ergonomic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, like pretty much any ergonomic ish mouse. Uh, won't be symmetric, but will mm-hmm. be tilted at least to some extent, so that uh, your your wrist isn't flat but but tilted, mm-hmm. which which can be pretty terrible if if you're left-handed because right. pretty much all of these mice are are sort of designed to hold them with your uh, right hand. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I got this mouse also, but I I tried to use it once and then just immediately. Uh, Put it in, in in a drawer because it literally doesn't work on my on my desk. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> like it it it's it's not a, a laser mouse, but uses some some uh, some shitty LED diode that that for some reason just doesn't work on on my desk. It's I don't know. It's to reflect it for whatever. Um, and actually, quickly after after getting my my sculpt ergonomic keyboard, I I was also looking for a new mouse because. I knew like how terrible Magic Mouse is from ergonomic standpoint. Yeah, and I got one that a lot of people, like a lot of people on Twitter, recommended, which is the Logitech MX Master Mouse. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say I like it. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's it's really comfortable for me. Like it is sort of tilted. It's sort of sculpted so that it's. It's more ergonomic and, and fits nicely in the hand, and n- none of your your fingers, no no part of, of your hand, like is in the air. But actually, all of it is supported by the mouse, which is probably a good thing. Still, I miss my gestures. <laughs> right. Um, what helps is that like two things. First of all, I'm already used to having two input devices. To the left of of my keyboard, I have my Apple Trackpad, and I still use that for for many gestures for for scrolling and and changing desktops and etc so so that helps and also um there are there are some extra buttons that are configurable on the mx master 
uh, mouse. So for example, there, there's this, this little button that you can reach that I can reach with my thumb, which can be used for for back in like Safari and stuff. Uh-huh. And also the whole area where you rest your thumb is actually a button. And you can configure it so that when you press your thumb, then moving the whole mouse triggers some uh, some gesture, like um, All right. to the left desktop or right desktop or or trigger what's it called? Launchpad or mission control on the Mac. And I'm, I'm sure there are different um, customization points on, on Windows. So that's pretty good. <laughs> no comments? No, no comments. Uh, I... I... I moved to uh, I moved to the Magic Mouse and the Magic Trackpad, which I use both. Uh, I have yeah. my Magic Trackpad on my right side and my Magic Mouse on the left side. When I was younger, I learned to use the mouse with the left hand. Mm. I, I thought it was a smart thing to do at that time, um, although I'm right-handed. Um, this way, I can use both uh, at any time. So I'm used to also have to uh, having you know two d- different um, input devices. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I used to like Logitech mice, but uh, the only one that I have now, I gifted it to my wife because she hated her Magic Mouse, so I switched with her. Um, but I'm good. I like the guest gestures as well. I, I use them as well. Yeah, but I I mean, my favorite input device is my finger when I use my iPad. So. <laughs> iPad only, man. Man. So uh, I actually also learned to... I mean, I don't know. Maybe now I, I couldn't do it, but I also had had to learn to use a mouse with a left hand when I had a bike accident like four years ago I think and uh. my whole right arm was um, in plaster so I couldn't really use it uh, so yeah it, it was uh, it was hard to to learn to to use my left hand for mousing but it can be done yeah I mean I, I knew that I didn't I, I learned it well. When I started uh, playing Quake uh, Three Arena with my left <laughs> hand, so I think then then this is the moment when you when you know that it's pretty okay. Why why did you do that? What do you mean? Why did you learn? Like why do you think that it's it's something that you need to learn? So when I was when I was uh, a boy, uh, my father was uh, he had an uh, ad agency, and I was uh, doing projects for him uh, in Coral Draw. Coral Draw it's a it's a you know software package for for PC. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they had a Mac version, but they 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 ceased to uh, to develop it. It was it was the best, uh, maybe it still is. I don't think so, but it, it used to be the best vector graphics uh, piece of software. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, so uh, in Coral Draw, because uh, I was doing projects for him, I mean, I was designing ads that he was, you know, later um, uh, showing to his clients. So um, it wasn't a very creative work, but to some extent it was. But the, th- the thing is that I realized that with my right finger, I type faster and use the keyboard shortcuts faster hmm. than with my left uh, my left hand. So uh, so so that I, I, I wanted to have my right hand for my keyboard, then I had to learn to, learn to use the, the mouse with, uh, with the left hand. So that was the, the rationale, because otherwise I would use the right hand with the mouse, and then I would always switch from mouse to the keyboard, from keyboard to mouse. And um, I was doing these projects, you know, uh, after school or, you know, uh, like before school, so I wanted to be really fast with that and to, you know, to, um, to, to, to do it really quickly. So I optimized, you know, I, you know I, I run Nosby, I mean, Nosby is to get things done. I mean, I've always been kind of a guy who liked to optimize things. So I just realized I would be just faster if I learned to use the mouse on the, on the you know, with my left hand. 
That's crazy talk, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, just no. I just didn't want to move my hand from my mouse to the keyboard and keyboard and to mouse and again and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if only we had four hands, then we could type with both hands and also have, you know, well, not both. Have two hands on the keyboard and two hands on two pointing devices. That would be perfect. Well, you know, the best way would, would be to just mind control the computers and that's it, you know? Mm, mm. But then the computers would go crazy as our minds are, so... <laughs> that would be no good. No, not really. So anyway, uh, regarding my new mouse and my new keyboard, I had them for like two weeks or, or more and I liked them. There's just one problem and it drives me insane. We had our Wi-Fi corner when I had wireless problems. Yes, we did. And now I also have wireless problems with my pointing devices, my input devices. Ah, yeah. okay, they are not really working all the time. Yeah, and it just, oh man, it's so bad. Like, um, I had my Apple keyboard, wireless keyboard, Bluetooth keyboard for years, same with my Magic Mouse, and I've never had any problem with their reliability. Well, actually had with my mouse, in which from time to time it would sort of disconnect and then like after a second it would reconnect and that would be fine. But otherwise I had no problems, right? I had no problems with, with like that would be typing and there would be some lag or something would just disappear or, or, or that mouse tracking wouldn't be perfect. And now I get these, these two new things and they're not Bluetooth. Yeah. They use their, their custom stupid dongle which is like Bluetooth. I mean, it literally uses the same frequency as Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and microwaves, literally. Yeah. Um, but they have a dongle. Furthermore, there's two dongles because there's a keyboard dongle and then there's the mouse dongle. And yeah. with the keyboard, every, I don't know, every 1,000 or 2,000 keystrokes, so several times a day, a key that I press just won't register on the screen. It just sort of won't come through to my Mac. Why? I don't know, it just won't. And with my mouse, sometimes like for, for split seconds, it will stop tracking so that the, the cursor on the screen will, will like jump a few hundred pixels. And it just, oh my God, it drives me so mad. And I don't know why this is. Like, again, I, had, I never had problems with, with Apple Bluetooth ones and they're, they're dongles, right? They're supposed to be more optimized than Bluetooth and so that the battery lasts longer, and etc. Yeah. But it's crap. And I, I really don't know why. It seems really weird because no one... I've seen no one on the internet complain about those. So the Logitech mouse actually has like a switch or something. Like it can use both Bluetooth and the stupid dongle, but everyone says that... Uh, the, when you use it using Bluetooth on the Mac, then it doesn't work very well for some reason. Like there are reliability problems. So okay, I, I won't use Bluetooth. I'll use the dongle, uh, but it's no better. But have you tried using Bluetooth just if for yourself, just to see? If yeah, you've... yeah, it, it was worse. Okay. So I'm pretty sure there is some problem with interference. It could be that because I use these two devices. Uh, that they might be sort of tr try to use, you know, essentially the same spectrum and get jammed somehow. Um, 
so I might want to to try to to switch back for for a day or, or so, uh, like with uh, the Logitech for the Magic Mouse or the keyboard for the Apple one, and see if that helps. Um, it it could be Wi-Fi in in principle, but uh, when I'm in my home office, I use the five gigahertz network, so so that's that's not not happening. Or I don't know. Um, actually, I don't have any clues. This is weird. Yeah, so um, I have to check again when I come back to my home office, but I don't think I had this problem with just having the keyboard. Mm. So like the the, the, the scoped keyboard with my iMac, I, I don't think I had this problem. I, you know, I have to, you know, I, it was it's been a month without my iMac, so I don't remember anymore. But I would have, I think, remembered if I had some problems with the keystrokes missing. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let you know. But I think you know, I'm not using any other dongle. I'm just using this dongle with this keyboard, so maybe that's, as you said, that that might be the case, that uh, there is some interference there. Mm. And I mostly use my iMac wired, which is also uh, helpful. But I'm, you know, I, I think I have, to, I have Wi-Fi open as well. I don't remember anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I wish that I had, or rather, okay, I wish that Apple made a 4K or 5K Thunderbolt display, because I have... T- when I'm using, like most of the time, I'm using my MacBook in clamshell mode. So it's essentially closed, just connected to the screen and power and a bunch of other things. Yeah. And there's just too much cables um, sticking out of out of this Mac that I have, have to plug and unplug every time I want to like take it from the desk. So uh, I, I would also prefer just, you know, just for reliability's sake to, to use um, wired network. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not going to have yet another cable. But uh, if I had a Thunderbolt display, then I would just connect everything to it, and then just have the Thunderbolt and and power. So let's you know stop reviewing our ergonomy and start uh, focusing on our different types of review here. <laughs> there is mm. some segue there. You know, that was a smart thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, this week I was uh, uh, I had to, I had to review lots of things. So I had to review uh, our you know our last our last month's promotion, you know the Black Friday thing, and and I had to review our you know marketing um, status where we are, where we want to be next uh, next year. Our I had to review our plans uh, for next year, um, and and also I did a very nice weekly review, and then I read a book. Uh, four disciplines of execution, which is a very cool book. Although it sounds really, you know, uh, it sounds very manager- managerial and very, you know, MBA-like, but it's a very good book. So, um, and over there, they also highlighted one of the one of these four disciplines of execution. The review part is the most important part, and um, and uh, today, that's why today I wanted to talk a little bit more about the weekly review. So something that, you know, the GTD enthusiasts know, so the Getting Things Done enthusiasts who've, who have read the book by David Allen know about. And uh, the thing is that David Allen in his book, he highlights it many times over that even if you have the best, most, you know, the most reliable, you know, productivity system, if you don't review it constantly, like on a weekly basis, on a regular basis, then, uh, then you, you will fail. Then you know at some point it will you will just fail, and uh, this also has you know everything to do with our minds that we keep like, like to keep things in our mind. We think we know where we are going, uh, and very often we, it's fine. We, we you know we have a good hunch and stuff, but 
it's really important to, to be reviewing what, where we are, what our plans were, because otherwise we might miss something. And most importantly, we might be going in the wrong direction. Uh, so, and I remember on one of the conferences, somebody said, it was the GTD Summit in 2009, uh, one of, somebody said that uh, weekly review should be done at least once a month. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I think it's a very, very wise quote. <laughs> I'm pretty much sure they missed the point. <laughs> so the, the idea is that, you know, if you don't, I mean, you can, because the thing is that if you do it weekly, then you're just perfect. Then it's perfect. Because if you do uh, a weekly review, then you're on top of things in like every week. If you do, but but you can fake like one week. I mean, you can just, you know, skip one week because you're busy and then another one. But if you don't do a review, a thorough review of everything you're, you're doing, at least once a month, it, it's going to be bad. You're gonna, I mean, it's, it's guaranteed you're going to just miss things and you're going to just do things wrong. So it's, it's really important to, to, to do this review. What do you think? I think that no matter what you do, if you're serious about achieving anything in life, and not just in terms of just being productive, but anything, you need a system. Like we have our our stupid monkey brains and we have to optimize around that. Yeah. Like we we are we're our minds are pretty amazing, but they're also pretty stupid. Right? We <laughs> yeah. forget stuff. Our motivation is fragile, right? Like we we get off the truck. We forget what we set out to do. So yeah. Um, I, I completely agree and I have more thoughts on it, but maybe not this episode. I, I need to like think more uh, how I want to present it. But but yeah, I agree. You need a system and to, to sort of organize yourself and, and, and keep your thoughts and your life in, in check. And, and something like a weekly review uh, is an essential part of it. Yeah, and the, the thing is that people always, and I, I've been like this, I mean, I'm, I'm still like this sometimes, I mean, we're lying to ourselves. We don't have time for the weekly review. Yet, we find time to meet with people, to go with them for coffee, or I mean, we have time for other people. We don't have time for ourselves, to ourselves, to actually do the weekly review. And it's a meeting with ourselves. And we should, we should, you know, we have it really scheduled and have it really, you know, it, really, it should be non-negotiable, actually. Yeah, uh, I, I completely uh, agree. Because when you say, I don't have time, well, no one has time. Right, like you're no different than I am. You have as much time as as anyone does, right? So if you need to do something, you need to make time, and the best way to make it happen is again to make it a ritual and yep. put it in the calendar. And and, and sure, um, sometimes life happens, and <laughs> and you have to like reschedule or or skip it, or sometimes you you travel and and that makes things like that hard. Uh, and and like in general, trying to like make a habit out of something when you when you're traveling in the middle is impossible <laughs> and uh, a constant frustration. But yeah. um, but yes, uh, definitely you need to put it on on the on the calendar and and sort of make a a meeting with yourself. And unless something like really important happens, then you just have to do it. Yeah. For example, in my case, I mean, I've been. I've been searching for a way to do it properly. And, um, uh, and I, I, you know, some people do it on Friday, some people do it on Sunday, some people do it on Monday. 
it depends, you know, uh, everybody, you know, is different, has a different schedule. I was struggling to find the right time to actually do it. I was always hoping to do it on Friday, but on Friday, <laughs> I usually, you know, try to catch up with things. And I have right now I, on Friday, I have my meetings and I have my podcast here with you uh, recording. So Friday wasn't the best thing to do. So what I did was that on Monday morning, what I do is I, I, I get, get, I get my girls to school at uh, before 9 a.m., and then after, the, I mean, after I leave them at school, I go to a nearby cafeteria, sit with my iPad there, and I can, I'm, I'm not allowed to leave the cafeteria until I finish, after I finish my weekly review. So <laughs> this way, I actually, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I have a ritual then, you know, it's, 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 yes. it's, it's a ritual and it's a habit. So I go to this cafeteria, I order the same things, I put my headphones on, I put the same music on, uh, and I just, you know, pull up my iPad and I just do my weekly review. And I go, th- I, 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 you know, I um, go through every project in Nosby, I go through things in, in, in my inbox, I go through th- things in my um, uh, priority list, and I just plan my week. Uh, uh, and until I'm done, I'm not leaving the cafeteria, even if the coffee is cold. <laughs> yeah. So my schedule for for this ritual is is less constant, uh, but I I always do it on the weekend. So it's it's going to be Saturday if I can, and if I can't, then on on Sunday, and sometimes if I can, then on Monday. But but not on any other than one of these three days. And if it's possible, then it's always the the first thing. I do in the morning, right? Like mm-hmm. this is how I start my day because it's like okay, like this is the most important task for the, for the day, right? Right. And so it's probably better if possible to do it like Michael and 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 have like one one day every week to to do it. Uh, but still, over the last two years or so, I, I've skipped a week maybe a few times. Yeah. So the the thing is that I stole the idea of cafeteria, for example, from Augusto, uh, my friend, my iPad only friend, because mm. he always said that he he would go to 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 his favorite Starbucks coffee. He would order the same coffee. He would put the same music on, and yeah, and, yeah. and and and. And I like that. And then this is why I, I actually have something similar. I don't have Starbucks coffee nearby, but I have a different cafeteria, which is fine. I actually put the same music on because uh, uh, um, I found a very very nice. Um, very nice, uh, kind of you know, it's it's kind of a classic classical music, a bit modern classical music, uh, which is you know, uh, which uh, is just there in the background, and it just doesn't you know because if I would put a music that were with some lyrics, I would start singing, so then I wouldn't just focus on on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Like you, you don't listen during your review to the uh, to the crap music you usually listen to. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Huh. I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> well, but I, I, I truly think so. <laughs> Sorry. And also, like, um, you know, music is, is always with me if I'm working. I, I cannot focus. I cannot work without music. But it is the sort of music that doesn't have lyrics. It's, um, it, it's, it's not classical music, no. It's, it's mostly, like, different sorts of electronic music. But if it has lyrics, then it's 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 a sort of you know sampled kind of music where it, it really doesn't distract me. Okay. But even if I I, I didn't find the the usual mainstream pop music just just com- com- completely uh, awful, then I I couldn't possibly focus during it. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually. Um... Well, I can put it in the show notes actually, because this is the, this this composer is really fantastic. The, the this is uh, it's an Italian composer, Enrico and Einaudi, I think. 
he's, he's, he's a very well-known guy. Um, I'm, I'm going to put it in the show notes. So um, I actually got the music because um, my um, uh, daughters go to ballet classes. And hmm. in the ballet classes, they would put this music on. And, <laughs> and when I was leaving, you know, with them, I would listen to it. I was like, yeah, this is really nice. <laughs> and then I asked, the, you know, the, the teacher, I mean, what kind of music is that? Oh, this is this composer. And then she gave, gave me the, 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 um, uh, the name. And so I, I, you know, I checked on iTunes. I, I got the whole album and it was really good. So, and this is, this is the kind of music that really, um, yeah, it's, it calms me down. It's, I, I, I hardly listen to it. I just, it's just there in the background. It's, it's really mm. not, uh, it's just, you know, another trigger to actually do what I have to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally understand because I pretty much always listen to music when I work, but it's it's a specific sort of music, right? It, it's not just any music. Uh, there, there are kinds of music that I, I do enjoy, but I couldn't work during it, so yeah. Yeah, so getting back to the review uh, process. So for example, th- th- this week I also had to review uh, our, you know, stats, marketing stats, you know, all these things, and... I don't know if I mean if it's just me, but to me, to me, when I was doing that, I felt like I'm wasting my time. Mm. I felt like I'm, you know, well, this is such a mundane work. You know, have to find these stats. You have to just build the stats. You have to just check this, check that. You know, and click here, and then and then and then get the numbers here. To get these numbers there and everything. So I was, I was a little bit, you know, I was feeling like I was I was wasting my time, but I forced myself to do it. But once I was done and I, I looked at the numbers, I analyzed numbers and analyzed all these things that I had to analyze, I got lots of answers mm. to lots of questions I had about, you know, you know, how people buy Nosby, what do they buy, what do they don't buy, and, you know, all these things, you know, uh, you know, how many people are there in their teams, uh, you know, when do they buy, you know, all these things that actually a marketer should know. And um, and should know also in real time, which I'm also ba- building dashboards for this, which is another mundane task to do. Um but it pays off. So that's why I wanted to say that, that, you know, you feel like, you know, a weekly review is a mundane thing to go through every project in Nosby, you know, every task, you have to analyze everything, make decisions again, you know, blah, blah, blah. It just feels boring, but it's not because it, later it gives you the clarity because you have, you know, remo- removed all tasks. You have, you know, you have found things irre- irrelevant. You have found things stupid. <laughs> you have found things unnecessary. You have delegated stuff. You know, there are so many things that you can, um, that you see when you do this or after you've done it, then uh, it really pays off. I th- and I think that that's also one of the reasons why people are not doing the review because they are afraid of this mundane work that they have to do. Not just, you know, having a meeting with themselves, but having this mundane thing of going through things, but it's worth it. It's just, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, I think it's like with fitness, mm. you know, oh, I have to go to the gym or I have to go running. You have to, to put on the clothes. I have to go out. And it's, it's just, you know, but after you've done it, you're like, wow, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a thought technology, right? It's like you, you clean your house, hopefully, from time to time, because like you don't <laughs> yeah. want to have random junk lying everywhere, right? And like, why wouldn't you you clean sort of your your productivity system and 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 your mind, right? Exactly. Uh, once in a while, like it's it's just like of course you should do it, right? It's it's something that maybe not everyone uh, will do, but probably something that everyone should do. Yeah, but the thing is that you know it's not it's not sexy. It's not the kind of, you know, creative work. It's not, you know, that's the thing. I think that people, that's, that's why people also struggle with this. Uh, there is a, a whole barrier of entry because you know that it's going to be a mundane 
but it pays off. It's just it's just so much worth it. You know, it's 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 so worth it. It's like flossing. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or as, I, as I said, like you know, trying to be fit. You know, going out. You know, you know. I, I remember somebody did. I don't know where I heard that, but somebody uh, said somewhere. I think it was one of the podcasts. I guess uh, that they were had problems going out. You know, to do fitness. You know, to run or something, and they went running. Mm-hmm. And after they 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 did they did it. I mean, this person would record herself, you know, on a voice memo, how how she feels now after she's done it. Mm. So anytime she had some objections about doing it again, she would just play this, you know, this this voice memo. <laughs> this is how I'm going to feel. All right, let's do it. Uh, that's something I would never do, but I I totally see see the points. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, so you know, so with you know, with every review, I mean, this is the thing. Uh, it's mundane. It it feels bad. It feels I have bad. No, it doesn't feel bad, but it feels you know not creative. It feels uh, boring, but it's totally worth it. And you know, and if there is apart from doing the weekly review, if there is a part of your life or a part of every of, of something that you have to review now, I mean, schedule a review for that because it's you know because the lessons we, you will learn from that is just you know I've learned a lot this week just by doing all these reviews. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and and, and again, I I think um, I. I treat my weekly reviews somewhat differently than than you do, and I would like to elaborate, but you know maybe some other time on the show. But but yeah, that's that's sort of the, the general idea to sort of clean up your your plate in all you know aspects of, of your life and, and and have a you know a sort of take a take a step back and look at the big picture. So um, following up on our talk about clothes and stuff. Uh, oh no, uh, really? No, just. Uh, because you said cleaning up, so I'm sorry. It just triggered another thought, you know, experiment there. Uh, okay. So um, I'm going to move into my new uh, bedroom today, and I have new closets, you know, no new. I mean, the new whole new wardrobe. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to try to first assess what I have, you know, put it in the right place, and make sure that it always belongs to this place. I mean, that everything belongs. Because I think, I mean, I've read this fear of several articles about that recently. That things should belong to the place where they belong. You know, if you put something back to its place, then you don't have to find it. You don't have to search for it. It's there. And and you don't have too many things because everything has place. So I'm going to... So I, for me, the renovation of my house, you know, being back at my house, I'll try to be more mindful about it, about putting stuff in their places. Yeah, it, it reminds me of... Of this sort of methodology that I've heard of, it's called Five S. It's it's a Japanese thing, obviously, of course. And translate to the English, the the five S's are like sort, um, set, shine, uh, thing. Okay, I, I don't like the the English words, but but generally that's that's sort of the point. It's a methodology of sort of organizing the workplace in in factories, and 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 yeah, it, it's some sort of thing. Like every single thing should have its place, its home, and it should always be there if, if it's not in, in use, right? And I, I remember hearing that a, a long, long time ago, and it was sort of a, a trigger when, when I, I, I look at my stuff, right? And realize like how much junk I had that I didn't really need, which I got rid of, and it took many iterations to actually get rid of a lot of stuff because it's like you have this emotional attachment to, to oh, stuff yes. that you never use. And yet, somehow you f- you you f- you feel somehow perverse trying to to 
to throw it away, right? So it, it took some iterations, but but I definitely like um, in, slightly inspired by this. Reduce the number of things that I own by a lot, and pretty much everything that I do own does have its home in my home. Yeah. That's the thing. So, um, um so I actually, you know, because I, I, to, in order to to make room, you know, to, to for the renovation in the bedroom, I had to, you know, put a lot of things in my home office. Yeah. So my home office is right now a you know junkyard, uh, of, of of things. So now when I I'll be putting things back in the bedroom, you know, in in, in their proper place, and at the same time I want to also clean up my home office also of the junk that doesn't belong to a place. Yeah, I think we should wrap up because we're uh, we're going a bit late. But before we finish, um, last week I, I suggested that maybe we should do um, host picks and sort of suggest maybe I don't know maybe maybe two links to something interesting on the internet to check out. Do you have any picks for this week? All right, uh, you start. <laughs> Okay, I will. Uh, so I'll put them in the show notes. But um, two things that I, I thought of was, um, like, first of all, the newest episode of the Critical Path podcast, uh, which, like, first of all, uh, this podcast is, is great. It's from Horse Dead You. It's like a lot of analysis and and um, just just thoughts about Apple and, and business and, and stuff, and it's really cool. And the newest episode is not only very insi- insightful, but hilarious, so definitely check it out. And also, uh, the second thing, uh, and it's 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 a really, really, really long article, but you should, no, you must read it. Um, it's called The Cook and the Chef Musk's Secret Sauce. It's from uh, Wait But Why, which is one of my favorite blogs ever. And it's actually not about Elon Musk, but it mentions him, but it's some like serious, deep life advice, and it's 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 truly like really insightful. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, so um, on my end, uh, well, I, I have um, two things. So first of all, uh, there was an article in New York Times about uh, a, a couple living in on Airbnb for a year. Huh. They wanted to move to New York, and they they just checked out, you know, a different, they wanted to check out different um, neighborhoods of New York and to find a, a place to actually stay. So they used Airbnb for that. And uh, they, there is, it's a very nice article where they actually, um, you know, explain how they, you know, how, the whole process of getting the house in there or Airbnb, uh, like how crappy some houses are, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, how they get to know the neighborhoods and everything. And in the end, well, I will not tell you the end of the article. <laughs> it's uh, very interesting, well uh, especially especially you know it comes with very nicely uh, with our you know the idea of having just few things, fewer things to be able to move like that, to be able to live like that, and um, you know and uh, I like this concept because for example when I uh, before we bought a house here where we are uh, we first um, rented a house in the in this neighborhood to just to make sure that you know this is the place we want to be. And and uh, I think it's a very smart smart move. So uh, that was one thing. And second thing was um, a little bit, you know, uh, I think uh, I mean I don't know. I mean I liked it a lot. It's uh, there is a new podcast by uh, Ian Landsman. He's the f- founder founder of HelpSpot. And um, 
he's been a guy who's, I mean, he was a guy who, when he started HelpSpot, he was blogging about it. And uh, I was I was reading his blog and it got me even more inspired to start Nosby when I when I heard his story of starting HelpSpot. Um, now he's, uh, he's, um, he has two podcasts, uh, but but the second one, anything but the code, is very cool mm. uh, because um, it's that like he is the founder of a like like, like me, a founder of and, and CEO of a company of a software company, and he talks to other founders and CEOs of other of other uh, companies, uh, and they talk about anything but code. So they don't think about mm. t- talk about code, but they talk about you know everything around it. So right. I hope to I hope he you know he invites me over as well to talk to him <laughs> about it. Uh, but I just like the episodes that he 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 published so far. So uh, very very cool thing. Cool uh, titles. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. One thing that comes to mind is it's like flossing. 